Matthew chapter 20. Let's dive in. Let's go quickly. Get your Bibles out. Get your iPhones out. Get your Androids out. Get your whatever. Get it out. Get the word. Matthew 20, verse 30. Two blind men sitting by the side of the road, when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, what do you want me to do? Now, now I, I'm in a, it sounds like I'm in a hurry, I kind of am. But I'm, listen, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. This is our third or fourth week in this. This is so important about how to minister to people and making sure that the important thing is the important thing. Jesus is walking on the road. He is the son of God. He has a plan. He has an ultimate plan. But for that day, he also had a plan. And it got hijacked by two people screaming. The crowd tried to get them to shut up. But Jesus didn't accept that. He stopped. He stopped what he was doing. So first of all, point one. We've looked at this in the last few weeks. Number one, listen for clues that people are in pain. It's one thing to listen, it's another thing to hear. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to listen. Hear what people are saying. Number two, stop whatever you're doing at that moment. Stop what you're doing. There is an opportunity about to take place here and this is the important thing. We were talking in Sunday school that even though our lives are busy and crazy and we've got so many priorities and things going on, when Jesus, when a person comes in need and it is a Jesus moment, we need to be aware and stop what we're doing. I promise you that you will have time to take care of the other things that are important to you if you will take th care of the things that are important to Christ. The Lord will not hijack your stuff in order for you to get his stuff done. He will help you get your stuff. He cares about your stuff. What's important to you is important to him. But what we have to do is we have to prioritize things right and put Jesus first. He will make sure all the other stuff gets worked out. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we've got to notice, hey, this is a Jesus moment. I've lost my place. Number three, this is what we talked about last week. Look past people's behavior to see their value. This is a hard one because sometimes we allow the behavior to cause us to check out. I'm not responding to that behavior. And the people on the side of the road were behaving in a way that the, the, the crowds had checked out. They're screaming and yelling. Um, we went to a UT football game yesterday. And there was a lot of screaming and yelling. And there was a lot of inappropriate behavior. It's not really the moment that I'm talking about, but it's hard to discern 
We did some tailgating beforehand, and I'm telling you, people are hurting. If you will just stop and have a conversation with someone, they will share with you. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but it does take some. You have to stop what you're doing and listen and ask. Jesus asked, what is it you want? All this yelling and screaming, I hear you. Stop that just for a second. What is it that you want? What's the issue? And then finally, number four. I'm sorry, I don't know that this is finally. It's not. Ask people what they need. Don't assume you know. How many times when you need help, do people try to help the way they want to help you? Now that drives me crazy. Um, I've just recently, uh, I don't know how I can share this. I've made a connection with the rescue mission. And if y'all were at the uh, event last Sunday night, they asked me to present the rescue mission to the, to the congregation. And I just point blank said, what do you want me to say to the director? Because I could easily stand up and say what my idea is of what the rescue mission is and what I think that they need, which is money. But first of all, I think he immediately responded and said, or, or responded in a way of saying, thank you for asking me. This is what we need. We need, we need helpers. We need people. We're trying to teach classes. They're not just a 30-day a 30-day thing to help people overcome short run. They are a 12, also a 12 to 18-month program that they're trying to educate the, the community as well as their people to help them not only get through the next 30 days and find housing and a job, but change their life. And he said, I need people to buy into that. So many times people show up and say, I'm willing to help, but I will only help doing this. And he can't say no, but we miss the vision of what these people are trying to do. Do you hear me? It's important that we ask people what they need and help them where they are in need, not where we think what we think they need. When I have a need, I need you to hear my need. Not give me what you think I need. I need you to fix my need. God hears where I am. Now, God knows best, and he knows best how to get there. And sometimes we need to bring wisdom to a situation. And it does mean that we kind of help formulate a good, successful plan. But we, we don't do it by shoving aside the needs of people in order to provide for them what we want to provide for them. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Don't assume you know. Ask. And then if you really want to connect with someone, respond according to what they're asking. To really make a connection with someone, you let them have a voice and you hear them and you respond that way. 
When I come to you in ministry and say, hey, I need somebody to help me take care of this situation, and you show up and you take care of that one, I didn't need that one. Not only did that not help, I didn't need it, but we've missed this. This is what we need. And what's so awesome is God will place these people right in front of you. And what's even more awesome, you're equipped to meet the need. He's not going to lead you somewhere where he doesn't provide for you. He's not going to position you into an impossible situation that you just fail on. No. It even says he's with you all the way to the end. He's with you. When you show up in the room, Christ is there. Can Christ provide? Do you know how he's going to do it? Through you. We must ask people what they need. Matthew chapter 20, verse 32. Jesus stopped and looked their way. Then he said, what do you want me to do? He's basically letting the person set the agenda. He's not coming in and saying, I know what you need. He's coming in and saying, how can I help? How can I serve you? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. says, counsel in the heart of a man is like a deep well, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Do you hear that? We are to be people of understanding. And it's like I was saying, even at that tailgate, when it's just a big party getting ready to go to a football game, the wise can draw out the hurt. Why? Because God positions us to, to show up and to be the help that you need to get rid of that hurt. It is not God's plan for you to walk around with that hurt. It's God's plan for you to get delivered from that hurt. And the way you get delivered from that hurt is by his people. Listening. Connecting. The better you get at asking questions to the people you work with, the people you go to school with, you live with, the better questions you learn to ask, the more you're going to be able to show the love of God. How can I help? How can I help? Then finally, step five. This is the last one. Do whatever you can. You've listened, you've stopped, you've looked, you've asked. Now, you do. What did the blind people say? Lord, we're in the dark. We want to see. What did he do? He opened their eyes. He met the need. One thing that's so encouraging to me is that these people that he met along the road, he didn't have to commit the rest of his life to them. He met that need and he went on about his job. 
God's going to help you to encounter people that you feel like, man, if I get on the hook here, I'll never get loose. No, 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 let God have that. God can handle this. Some people we do continue to walk with, but most of the time, these interactions that we have just alongside of the road, we just meet the need right there. What happens is you sow a seed. Scripture tells us sometimes we sow seeds, but we don't get to be the ones to harvest that seed. How many of you have ministered with people trying to help them to get saved, and it wasn't you, they just happened to show up at some other thing, and they got them there? Is that a bad thing? No, that's God's plan, because what's going to happen to you is you're going to reap somebody else's harvest. I don't have to worry to think, God, that was my harvest. The Lord would say, no, it's not, it's mine. It's not your harvest. Don't worry about your harvest. The one thing we don't have to do is worry about our harvest. That's God's problem. It says, if we will obey and follow his word, then all his blessings will find us, anybody know the rest? And overtake us. That's in Leviticus, I think chapter uh, 11. I don't know. It's in Leviticus. 28. I'm sorry, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, forgive me. We stumble around a little bit, but I want you to know, God says, if you will obey me and follow me, my blessings will find you and they'll overtake you. You don't have to worry about the blessing. What you have to worry about is doing So we come and we encounter people. What do we do? We meet them. We listen to them. We hear them. And we respond with what we have. Um, Do you remember, I believe it was uh, Peter and John standing. And and a beggar comes and says, give me money, give me money, give me money. They said, well, we don't have any money. But what we do have, we give you. And healed them right there on the spot. I don't have money. Most of us don't have two dimes to rub together. That does not disqualify you to minister to God's people. God did not give the two blind people money. They didn't even ask for money. Most people, their issue is not money. Now, they'll tell you that first. But most people's issue is not money. That kind of relieves me a little bit because most of the time my wife gives me no cash. Some people's issues is money. It's an easy fix. Give. If the Lord leads you to give, give. God will make the way for you. But most people's issues is not money. Most people need the power of God in you. That's what they need. Do what you can to help. Matthew chapter 20, 20, verse 34 says, Jesus had compassion on them, so he touched them. He touched their eyes, and instantly they could see. I get excited reading God's word because I believe next Sunday when people come in faith for healing, we're going to touch someone's eyes, and their eyes are going to see. Not because anything's powerful in me personally, but because Christ is in me wanting that released into that person. 
and he's waiting for us to touch someone in Jesus' name. He can't wait to touch someone. He's in us. We have to do the touching. When Jesus is showing love to people, and this is the way that we show love to people, he used his ears, he used his eyes, he used his mouth, he used his hands, he touched. He is totally involved. The only part of the... Uh, um, all of his five senses he didn't use with smell. So, just to close, five kinds of people. Five kinds of people. Look for people with needs and offer to help. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 7 says, Share your food with the hungry. That's practical. Give to the poor. That's practical. Provide shelter for the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not refuse to help your own relatives. Now, I want to encourage you. How many here have clothes in their closet that you never wear? Give them that. Uh, we did that yard sale and hallelujah, Elizabeth cleared out her closet. Stuff she was never going to wear, we didn't need it. And what happened? We sewed that into somebody. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, we've got a blessing coming to us because of what we sewed. That's not greedy. That's not manipulative. That's God. Take what you've got and sew it into somebody so I can put that to work back in me. That's what investment is. It costs you something. But you can't get anything out of an investment you don't invest in. So what do we do? We invest in the kingdom. And let the kingdom principles come and find me and overtake me. Won't even know when it's going to happen. It'll just find me and overtake me. Well, God, where'd that come from? Don't worry about it. I got you. came from me. You keep sowing, I'll keep blessing. You keep doing my word, I'll keep being faithful to my word. You can't stop it. You do my word, I'll find you. You won't go needing. You think I take care of the birds and the flowers and all the stuff and I won't take care of you? Just do what I'm calling you to do. You won't have to worry about the stuff you're worried about. I'll take care of it. But instead, we get to digging and running and running on the hamster wheel over stuff that doesn't even matter. And we miss the things that God puts in our way in order for us to get the blessings that we need. And now we start yelling at God because he's not taking care of us. We, we, we've got our priorities messed up. We think that if we take the time to stop with the two blind people, we're going to miss our meeting. We're going to miss our opportunity. We're going to miss our business venture. We're going to miss that relationship issue. I want you to know God will not cause you to miss what you need to, what you need to be at. He'll help make sure that it happens. He'll increase your time. He'll part the waters. He'll flatten the hills. Hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Look for people 
with needs and offer to help. Look for lonely people and become a friend. Look for lonely people and become a friend. Leviticus 19.33, when a foreigner resides in your land, don't mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. Love for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Love on people. Romans 12.13, look for opportunities to be hospitable. Five kinds of people. Look for grieving people. And be there. That's all it takes. When people have a loss, I don't have the right words. There's not a right word. They've, lost, they've, they, they've suffered a loss. There's not a word that can be said to me when I've suffered a loss to replace that loss. But you know what can help me? Is you. Just being there. So many times I go to funerals and I don't have the right things to say. But that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to, say, the right thing to do is just to be there. It's one of the most, as a pastor, at least for my life, one of the most intimate relationship, family building moments I have are at funerals. Because people are just who they are. They set everything aside. They're just broken. And they're just thankful to see you. And the door opens to vulnerability. And all of a sudden healing can take place. We have a precious man that passed away yesterday. Harry Freetag. I'm 91 years old, would sit right back there in the back. It's Karen Rotaco, our violin player's dad. Just a sweet, sweet man. Gave me ties. This time of year, he would come with pumpkin pies and would hand them out. I'm not a big pumpkin pie eater, but I love his pumpkin pie. But that's, that's what we're going to be doing this week is walking through the grieving process of uh, that family. And they know where he is. He's in heaven. But just being there for people. Look for grieving people and be there for them. Look for defeated people. And help them start over. You know, the church is the worst to pile on to defeated people. Being judgmental. Pointing out what they've done wrong. Stop it. Help, help people start over. Help people start over. How many here have had that moment where you just needed somebody to help you start over? Help people start over. 2 Corinthians 2, 7, when people sin, you should forgive them and comfort them so they won't give up in despair. You should. The church can be the worst. We should be the best. Why? Because we've sinned and we need to be forgiven. 
I've had people question me over praying for people because of what the lives that they're living and the things that they're going through. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? They're, they're, they're up here to get healing. People come up here for healing and you want me to call them out on their sin? Jesus never did that. Yet you want me to do that? No, go somewhere else. This is a healing place, not a judging place. Well, they don't need to be, be behaving that way. Well, why don't you take care of what you're going through? Why don't you pray for this person? Why don't you turn the way that you're thinking? Because that kind of thinking drives people away. Jesus didn't drive people away. Finally, let's end on a, this isn't a happy note. Let's try to end on a happy note. Look for angry people. No, no. I run from angry people. But an angry person is a symptom of pain. Have you ever heard the expression, if you don't leave with anything else, leave with this. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Don't repay evil for evil. Never retaliate when people insult you. Even on the internet. Or say unkind things to you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. God, this is what God wants you to do. And he'll bless you for it. Y'all stand up with me. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. He's been good to me. Father God, I just pray right now that, Lord, we would... That, that, Lord, you would somehow, by some miracle, help us to notice what it is that you're doing. Help us to notice what it is that you're doing. And to not reject the hurting. God, your word says that when we do it for one, we're doing it for you. And God, your word also says that when we don't do it for one... We're not doing it for you. Help us as Christ followers to meet the world with, with the spirit of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to just empower us to know how to pray, to know how to stop, to know how to listen, to know how to ask, to know how to hear, and to know how to respond. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to literally be Christ followers. Being a Christ follower is not a good church attender. It's not bad. It's good to attend church. The Word of God tells us too. But following Christ is doing what Christ did. It's learning His Word and doing what He's called us to do. God, help us. 
Let us start with tonight. Let us start with today, hearing people in need and helping to meet that need. Father God, I pray for tonight. I pray for good weather. I pray for opportunities to minister. Lord, keep everyone safe. Give us an incredible night to minister to our community. Let people have breakthrough. Let people find hope because they just happen to stumble up here. Maybe they're just hungry and want a hot dog. Maybe they can't afford to take their kids to, the, to stuff, but they can bring them up here for free to play on a, uh, an inflatable. Lord, let us minister to people. Let this, let this parking lot be full of opportunities tonight. Father God, for those that are here that are hurting, I just ask you, Lord, that the person next to them would recognize it and pray with, pray with you. That when we go out to have little snacks afterward, that we would ask the right questions. That we would be the hands and feet of Christ. And Father God, what's amazing is we can be full of the Lord and just full of walking with Christ and we be hurting. Let us share with someone what we're going through and receive help. You may be here and you may not have ever even confessed to Jesus as your Lord. Right now where you sit. Give your heart to him. Ask him, Jesus, come into my life. It says I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who opens and enters that door that you come in, that opens that door that you come in, would you open the door of your heart today? Let Jesus in. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Bless us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.